0: Welcome to the Kingdom Hour, where we are sharing real-life stories that are here to impact and empower you in mind, spirit, body, and soul. Join us each week as our guests share wonderful stories about how they overcame. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, This is Dr. Donagani and I'm joined here with our guest, Estenis Lyle, and he is going to share some great um, insights for the body of Christ, and particularly for women. So I hope that you ladies are listening in out there so that you can be fed and uh, receive some good revelation on what you can do as far as in your Christian relationship um before we start would you like to open us up in prayer
1: sure it would be my honor all right let's go to the throne room abba father we just thank you so much that we can Come to your throne of grace boldly in a time of help and need, as Hebrews 4, verse 16 says. And uh, we're so grateful that we can come to your throne with joy, Lord. And and first, we do ask you, Lord, to forgive us for our sins, knowing and unknowingly, Lord. And we're just um, so grateful to you. We thank you, Lord, that we can lift this whole... Uh, broadcasting to you, Lord, however long we'll be in this broadcast, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit, Real would speak through me and Reverend Dr. Donna, Lord, for your glory. We thank you for each listener now, Lord, that you would just begin to touch their heart, Lord, that you would soften their heart, Lord. Uh, Even now, Lord, I know there are some listeners that are hurting, Lord, that have been hurt um, from past relationships, Lord, or even maybe in a current relationship, Lord, that's been painful, but we thank you that you are our healer, you are our wonderful counselor, Lord, And you are the one that comforts, Lord, and heals. And so we thank you so much, Father. We love you. We give you a great big hug, and we pray this in the name of all names, B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen, amen. I want to say Barak Hashem. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I'm so glad to have you here with us today because there are so many people, like you said, that are needing healing uh, from, you know, relationships um, that they pursued and it may have turned out the wrong way. Um, before we start, though, I would like for you to uh, tell us about yourself and how you were inspired to write your book.
2: Well, uh,
1: yes, a little bit about myself. Um, i actually a born and raised native in Phoenix, Arizona, and that's where I currently am here in the Valley of the Sun. And I I say capital S O N, um, instead of S U N. And, uh, but, um, yeah, I actually was raised by a single mother, my mom and dad, which you can learn about in the book. Um, unfortunately got divorced when there were four, but it was a good thing. It was a very, uh, violent situation, domestic violence, um, that took place. My dad, you know, was a severe alcoholic back then. And, um, so I was raised, uh, you know, the oldest sibling of three younger sisters, um, and, um, Two out of three of them are, are still living on earth. One is living in heaven, uh, as I had uh, twin sisters. One of them, unfortunately, had passed away um, to be with the Lord um, this July. It would be three years ago um, in a car accident. Um, and uh, But having three younger sisters being brought up by a single mother really allowed me to um, emphasize or understand, you know, maybe sympathize, I should say, uh, ladies a little bit more. Um, and I was uh, the typical... If you looked up in the Urban Dictionary, friend zone. Um, it, I would I would actually approach. You would see my photo there, uh, Reverend Donna, because I was a the what you call a nice Christian brother in the Lord that had really extreme physical boundaries. And so, while I was interested in a lady, they would begin to talk to me, get to know me, but I would never make any kind of physical approach. Uh, that to, to showed my, my romantic interest in them, and then it would just stay in the friend zone. And so, you know, that allowed allowed me for 18 years to be in that situation. And the good news is I was able to hear their frustrations, their pain, their hurts, um, and also their hopes and, you know, their dreams about what they would like in a relationship with the gentleman. And, um, and of course, me, me being a man and being on the other end and being able to hear from brothers and the Lord, I was kind of like a mediator, if you will. And so a lot of the, you know, mainly I attended a Messianic Jewish congregation for 14 years. I would visit other Christian, like, non-denominational churches. And then now I'm a part of a, a congregation um, uh, for about a year called Kingdom, Kingdom in the Valley Christian Church um, out of Phoenix, Arizona, Pastor Reginald and Kelly Steele. They're such a blessing. and um, But it's allowed me to really um, be someone that could, you know, kind of, uh, again, be the mediator. Now, the truth is, um, you know, Reverend Dr. Donna, I did not want to write this book. Um, I actually was arguing with the Lord and fighting his will about writing this book for a number of years because I knew it was going to be very painful. It's very transparent. And uh, also when you write a book, it forces you to live it. And I haven't been perfect, you know, and even following well, my own book, but God is good. And so that's kind of like a little history about myself and uh, how the book came to be. So.
2: mm.
0: Well, this is uh, quite interesting because I'm sure as you were writing, um, the Lord was talking to you and the Lord was giving you uh, a reason to, you know, driving that was driving you toward finishing the book to where it is today. Mm -hmm. And that book is A Love Letter to the Lady, A Single Christian Man's Perspective and uh, may be of interest to your, you know. So I'm sure that a lot of people are going to get something out of this because it's a topic that not too many churches want to talk about in this hour. So why do you think that sexual purity is a subject that is left out often?
1: Well, frankly, it's because we as single people – well, first, let's approach the leaders. Um, I have to, you know, give honor, honor, due, and say that Kingdom of the Valley, the ministers do share the importance of purity. Um, they do it in a very, um, I think, a very gentle but straightforward way, um, which is good. But to actually hear a sermon and a, and a message to specifically two singles on sexual purity I've only heard one in over 22 years of knowing the Lord. Next month, I'll have known the Lord for 23 years when I became a born-again Christian. And I believe um, Dr. Reverend Donnie that, Donna, excuse me, the reason why is because it's a very um, tough subject. Uh, When you start telling people um, the truth on why it's so important to be sexually pure, it's like a taboo subject. And the sad part is there's a world the world is shouting about it, the world's proud about it. I mean, we've got to the point where, you know, uh, premarital sex is so widely accepted. Now homosexuality is is widely accepted, you know, in our culture. And so I believe um, a lot of it is partly the church's fault for not addressing it and just being frank with them and tell them why it's so important uh, to stay pure. Um, I believe um, this may be controversial, but I believe a lot of the reasons why the church doesn't want to talk about it is because it may affect um, their finances a bit. Maybe they're afraid that people that are not married uh would stop tithing and stop going to the church. I mean, I'm just being frank about it. But um but I think also it's it's a it's a very tough subject too because um Sexuality, um, is, is very challenging in a sense of people have been hurt sexually. And so, um, it can be very, um, bring up bad memories for people. And so, and also we got to remember too, to be able to preach and teach before, you know, a congregation of a hundred to a thousand, um, you also have young people sometimes are in the service and so maybe the pastors and leaders are afraid to share, you know, and talk about, you know, sex because of that. Um, but that would be my answer. So.
0: Well, yeah, you're, I think I have to tend to agree with you. What you're, what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, but I, we're hoping for change in that area. Um Amen. So why is it important to keep oneself sexually pure, uh, especially females? Go ahead.
1: Well, you know, first of all, I know it's the easy answer, but it's simply because the Word of God says so. Um, we don't like to hear that. <laughs> I don't like to hear that uh, either, I'll be honest with you, um, because as a man, um, it, yeah, as a man, uh, we especially should take the spiritual lead and um, do our best to say sexual appear, um, you know, and, uh, and set that example and not compromise. Um, you know, again, I, I have shared with you I have not been perfect in this area myself. I did go 18 years. Uh, by the grace of God I'm saying sexual peer. And I can tell you, uh, and that was, by the way, from the ages, that wasn't from 1 to 18 years old. <laughs> that was from the ages of, ni- of uh, 21 to 39 years old. And that, of oh, course, yeah. has been proven, that yeah, that's been proven the sexual height of a man is between uh, 18 and 32 years old. It's biological science for that. But anyway, so what I want to testify to you is when I went through that purity of 18 years, it was incredible because it allowed me to actually learn how to suffer with Jesus, because you know sometimes again we don't hear this, but Jesus, let's just get real—he had male sexual organs as well, and he was sexually te- he was sexually tempted in always it says you know he was tempted in always. So uh, it allowed me to really um, draw close to him, as Romans chapter one talks about being living sacrifice, um, and also another part I think in the epistles I talks about you know when you suffer with the Lord, you you get to share in his sufferings, and there's something special about it because. He draws, cl- he's closer to you than, than ever. I mean, I'll never forget one time I was probably at the point of, I want to say I reached maybe the 14-year mark of sexual purity, and I heard the Lord tell me, he's like, I love living inside of you because you're pure. You have a pure heart. And I was like, wow, Lord, he's like, because you keep yourself pure. And that's the other mm-hmm. thing I want to talk about. Sexual, sexual purity is not just physical. Sexual purity is mm-hmm. about your heart. Um, and yeah. so for me that's always a challenge because most men are visually stimulated and some women are as well. And so we have to be very careful with our, our eyes. Um, as, you know, for example, here in, in the valley it gets, like now it's 85 degrees. Uh, and so, you know, ladies start to wear less clothing, and so that can be more challenging as well. So sexual purity is, is I would say, the, the most important reason. is because the Word of God says so, but the reason why the Lord says so Is because he wants us to be so close to him, and he's a pure and holy God. And so that would be my first reason. The second reason I would say is, let's just get real, the natural consequences. Um, When we have premarital sex with somebody that is not, well, obviously not our husband or wife, um, we are taking chances. And those chances can be really, you know, I mean, lifelong, you know, have lifelong consequences, (laughs) you know. um, we we can have children out of marriage, um, and, and that relationship doesn't work out. Um, then you are putting a lot of pain, um, you know, and suffering through your children for being a single mother or a single father. And don't get me wrong. There's some amazing single parents out there, but still it's, it's not easy being a, a product of a mother who is, a, you know, a single mother, you know? And, and um, so that's one example. And, and the other reason is why would you want to do that to your heart? Like, um Think about it, like when you're having parental sex, you know obviously um, you're hoping this person will be with you for the rest of your life, but there's no guarantee, and so when you do that, you're bringing in um, some potential very emotional and psychological dramas uh, and as well. Uh, or trauma, I should say, and drama, and also um, sexual trauma. And then you bring that into your future relationship, and you have to seek the Lord for healing. So there's just a lot of reasons why we should stay sexually pure, um, Dr. Donna. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, tell me, you know, you talked a little bit on this about, um, you know, staying sexually pure for 18 years. What inspired you uh, the most? to stay and remain pure. I mean, were you in church at that time? Were you learning of the Bible? Did you have an intimate relationship with God that sparked it, sparked you to uh, abstain?
1: Um, yes, it was, um, it was, it was all three. I would say all three. You said all the above because when I first got saved, I was in the middle of my first ever sexual relationship. I was engaged and, um, and uh and we were together at that point about i want to say a year and a half and so we were regularly sexually intimate almost every day and so when i read when i uh got saved i began to go to church regularly and i began to read the the bible but at my the church i was going to at the time which is like a non-denominational charismatic church um the pastor you know shared you know wait till marriage and have sex and frankly You know, before I got saved, I I was, you know, I had Catholic background, but I wasn't born again. I just believe in God. But I always knew in my heart that premarital sex was wrong. I I just, I always knew it was. And and I couldn't justify it, you know, in my heart. But I still did it like most Christians do because, you know, let's just get real. Abstaining is very hard, um, you know. And so we have to really discipline ourselves to abstain. And we also have to put ourselves not in tempting situations, and we know better. I mean, let's just get real. My single brother yeah. and sister is going to be listening on the phone. We know when we're putting ourselves in, you know, awkward or, you know, tempting situations, you know, because the Word of God says that each man or woman is tempted by their own heart's desires. So, um, but it was because of, um, you know, going to church regularly, but also um, being in the Word of God and also you know it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony yes. and so yes. what i would do is i would actually testify to people and say oh yeah you know praise god you know um i've been you know walking you know sexually pure now for a year and people look at me like oh wow that's amazing and i made it to five years and so it made me feel like a build up of momentum and and very you know strong in the lord um and it helped me um and, and also, frankly, the intimacy, most importantly, is just walking with the Lord, being in his word, and praying and just spending time with him, and, and uh, you know, worshiping him on your own. You know, shut down the phone. You know, shut. You know, just get alone in your room and, and spend time with him. Just, you know, sing two or three worship songs to him. Spend 20 minutes with him each day, and that will strengthen mm-hmm. you, you know, and ask ask him to strengthen you in that area because it's not easy. Yeah. So,
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but as you said that you – purposed in your heart, and you make your mind up to pursue it. Now we, because we know that there's a lot of people out there will be like, "That's I, I can't do that," and they can't even believe that anyone would do it in this hour. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I when you know, actually, when I talk to anyone about that, it's like you know, that's it's unbelievable. So. Um, Yeah, you have. I'm glad that you're bringing out those fine points of what you did to, um, you know, for your pursuit of um, spending time with the Lord and conquering, um, you know, the point of being sexually pure. So let's talk about this, you know, because um, as you said, you went through some things with your father, um, domestic violence, you know, going on in, in your life and so many different other things happening. Um, you know what what did you do uh, How did you go about forgiving your father and your grandfather and why did you forgive them?
1: Yes, and um, you know it was um it was something else because, and i'll never forget this, Dr. Donna. It's kind of funny, my relationship with the lord um it was about six to my walk with the Lord, and um I was actually in church and I saw um, this gentleman with his two sons, and they were holding hands, and they were lifting up their hands into the Lord and worshiping the Lord together. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, wow, look how beautiful that is. And I was like, and the Lord's like, you need to forgive your father. And right away, like in my heart, I was like, how dare you, Lord, even ask me and consider to forgive him, you know, because of all the pain that he's caused my mom. I mean, I remember seeing him just feeding my mom up to a pulp. And I was only, I was like only three years old. I I was two, three, four years old. And I remember these things and people say, how do you remember things like that? Well, I'll tell you when it's that Mm -hmm. traumatic, you can. And so, um, and this, you know, this, 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 my father, um, at the time, I mean, he had us locked inside the house. He had a padlock on the outside. He would lock us in. He had bars in the window. It was extreme. And so for me to see the torment that my mom went through and I went through and everything, um, it was just very extreme, extremely painful. And so, um, but then the Lord flipped it on me, and He said, "Well, haven't I forgiven you for all the hurt you've done to others?" And I'll tell you, by the time I got saved, I was 19. Um, I actually turned 20 right after I got saved. I, 20 years of my life, um, I actually hurt some, you know, many people. Uh, I can admit that, you know, and um, in some really messed up ways. And so um, The Lord got me, and when He did that, I was like, "Okay, Lord, You're right. You're right. You're forgiving me." And of course, we know in Matthew, I think it's chapter six, where when Jesus was, uh, you know, actually talking about the Lord's Prayer, and at the end, He says, "If you and if you do not forgive others, then your heavenly Father will not forgive you." And so I was like, "All right, Lord, You've got me." So, so after I said, "All right, Lord," well, I will forgive him. And so I called him up, and I said. I didn't even call him that. I just said, "Hey, Tanis." I called him Tanis. His first, his you know, his uh. Well, he, huh? I'm named after him, and Tanis is short for Estanislao, by the way. But anyway, um. So I said, I just want to let you know, God, uh, you know, has asked me to forgive you for all you've done, uh, to me and my mom, and I ask you to forgive me for holding bitterness and unforgiveness towards you. And he's like, oh, "Okay, all right, mijo." I was like, "All right, bye." Wow, Hung up. Wow, that is <laughs> and cool. that's where it started. And I mm-hmm. thank God because I'll tell you it was it was liberating to forgive him. And then it took probably about I want to say a year after that of hearing my sister's you know uh, getting a you know she started a relationship with him probably a good couple years before that. Um, but just hearing her talking about you know how good of a father he was and everything and how he was a really cool guy, and I was like more interested. And that's when um and I began to develop a relationship with him. And to this day I love him. Um, he's not perfect, but the good news he's he's not you know, domestically violent anymore with anybody, you know what I mean? I praise God for that, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and he, by the way, I should mention uh, when we had lunch, um, on my, okay, he called me on my 21st birthday and it was, I was so excited when I saw in the car, caller ID, it was him that called me. And it was, a, he was the okay. first one called me uh, to say happy birthday. So that really meant a lot to me because I don't care what anyone says, but bottom line a, a, a boy always wants a relation with his father. It's so important. And so and so does a daughter, a daughter. And by the way, I get into that in my book. I call you ladies who are listening, the daughter of the most high father because you are a daughter of the most high father. You're valuable to him. But anyway, so we went out. Uh, we, he came and helped me mow the lawn at my grandmother's house. And then we went out um, to lunch and I asked him, I was like, you know, dad, can I ask you, have you ever accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? He's like, looked at me, he's like, Yes, mijo, His eyes got watery, and he was pointing to his arm. go you know, he had goosebumps, and he's like, uh, a coworker was talking to me about God, and I prayed with him to receive Jesus. And I was like, that's wonderful. And so that, and I was like, that was when was that? And he's like, it was about six months ago. I was like, hey, that was around the same time when I called you and asked you to forgive uh, forgive me, and I forgave you. He's like, yep. And so that shows the power of God, you know, the power of forgiveness is this is amazing Lord. thing. And then and then regarding my father, my grandfather. Um, you know, my grandfather, I know you didn't mention what he did, but he exposed me to pornography at seven years old. And that really did a lot of damage to me sexually. And, um, and it, you know, and it still can be a temptation to me, to be honest, with you, pornography. I give God a glory, though, uh, that I've been pure. And here we go. By the, uh, power, what, it, what I say? Uh, they overcome by the, uh, power to blo- blood and oh. the word of their testimony. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been over a year since I looked at pornography, so I give God a glory, hallelujah. Um, and um, you, but I don't God. want to, I don't, and I want to have that that pure heart, like I said. Um, and uh, but anyway, um, so what happened with him is he had passed away. So um, before I can even talk to him about it, I just wrote a letter, um, you know, kind of to bring closure. Uh, I, th- I kind of wrote a letter to him, if you will, and then brought closure to that. And um, so that's you know what allowed me to forgive my grandfather to move forward. So.
0: Amen, amen, amen. And so, you know, a a lot of people when they, you know, say that I'm going to forgive someone, um, they don't want to spend time with that person or put themselves in a position um, where they can be hurt again. Um, What are your thoughts about that?
1: That's a very, very important thing. Um, Forgiveness has nothing to do with, friendship or relationship. I know it sounds weird, but um, mm-hmm. forgiveness has to do with really two things. It's, um, it's your spiritual walk with the Lord and your relationship with the Lord, and it does have to do uh, with relationships. I, I but know it's really... kind of
0: like letting it go and then um, accepting, you know, in your heart that you're not going to allow it to control you.
1: Yes. It's actually empowering I oneself. Think, I
0: think when, we have lost you at some point.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, am I, Are you able to hear me now?
0: Yes, we can hear you now.
1: Okay. I don't know what the last thing you heard me say, but I will say that forgiveness is about really your relationship with the Lord first and foremost because, you know, he wants us to have a pure heart, um, you know, before him, and he doesn't want us to hold you know, unforgiveness, you know, resentfulness, bitterness. Um, But it's also, it is about relationships. But what I meant by, you know, not, it's not about a friendship or a relationship. What I meant by that is it's really about empowering yourself. Because when you forgive others, it's so empowering. Because, see, that person, let's say that the person that hurt you, this was like three years ago. And let's say you don't have any contact with them they're probably already living their life, probably forgot what they did to you, you know, the harm they've caused you, and they're just moving along. And you're sitting there withholding that in your own heart. And um you're empowering, frankly, the devil to work, um, you know, continuously in your mind um, over and over again to hold this, you know, anger and rage and unforgiveness towards somebody that's already moved on, you know, with your, in, in their life. And we know the scripture talks about – um Vengeance is mine," says the Lord. So he he wants us to release that to him and trust in the Lord. And 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 he will he's a God of justice as well. Sometimes we forget that, but doesn't mean we pray that you know Lord you know because Jesus said bless your enemies. But we do you know of course have that balance and approach to say Lord you know what Lord I'll be real I can't it's hard for me to forgive this person but with your help I can and so would you please help me forgive that person. And then regarding the spending time with them, let's say this is someone that's and this is you know, really relative, say someone it's someone that you're in a romantic relationship with, say your husband, ladies, if you're listening, or, or, you know, your wife, if if your brothers are listening, that is so important. Forgiveness is really, you know, the glue for the marriage. Yeshua, Jesus is the glue, and he's forgiveness himself. So, um, you know, and it doesn't mean that he wants us to be a punching bag. I mean, let's say if, you know, if you're in a domestic violence uh, relationship, I'm sorry, but if, you know, you forgive that person, Be you need to get out of that, you know, for your safety. Get out, you know, and get, separate yourself from that. I don't believe God wants us to sit there and continue to be in a, you know, punching bag for somebody, if you will. So that would be my answer.
0: Well, definitely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you there. You know, we have um, more than one type of intimacy in this world. We have one that, um, you know, that is just, our relationship with God, our intimacy, and our covenant with him. How do you describe intimacy?
1: Yeah, well, in my book, I I know maybe some people have heard this before, but, you know, what I did is I looked up actually the definition of intimacy, um, you know, in the dictionary, and it, it says nothing to do with physicality or sexuality because, you know, we hear people. You know, well, have you been intimate with the person yet? You know, we—that's we, how we word it. You know, or you know, mm-hmm. we we even say say to our you know wives or or, or ladies to the husband. Um, you know, can we be intimate tonight or whatever? Um, and the truth <laughs> is, if you look, if you look in this in you know in the dictionary, there is mm-hmm. nothing um, that talks about um, in any way uh, intimacy being physical, which is amazing, um, and you know, intimacy. And I want to actually, I'm going to look it up in my book, if you can just give me a moment as I'm looking that up, because I want to actually read the definition. I think it's important for people um, to see. So let's see here. Here we go. So intimacy, um, first, if you guys can bear with me, is looking at uh, two fascinating definitions for the verb of intimate. Um, which is a key word of intimacy, uh, to make known, especially publicly or formally, uh, to, to communicate delicately and indirectly. Um, but let's look at the definition of intimate as an adjective. It says, number one, intrinsic, essential, um, belonging to or characterizing one's deepest nature, uh, two, marked by very close association, contact, or familiarity, uh, three, marked by a warm friendship developing through long association, um, suggesting informal warmth or privacy of a very personal or private nature, number four. And then the last is definition of intimate as a noun, as a very close friend or confident. So reading all those, again, nothing talks about phys- uh, the physicality or sexuality um, under intimacy. So we understand that intimacy, and I know you ladies know this better than we do as men, <laughs> intimacy is really being emotionally, um, spiritually you know even intellectually uh a sense of humorly, if you will, intimate, meaning open, transparent with somebody, and really getting to trust them and know them and um and not being afraid to share with someone you know your fears and your challenges and um but also your goals and your dreams and so um also, I like the word intimacy because listen to the way it sounds, intimacy it kind of sounds like you know intimacy or intimacy, and I like the way you know it sounds it sounds like you know um we would say someone that we trust you know say into me see like look into me and that's exactly what the lord does he sees the heart you know praise god and so um, and that's what the and that's what the lord wants us to do he wants us to really love him intimately let him into our heart but also when we are in a healthy relationship with appropriate boundaries to allow someone that we're interested in to um get to know us intimately emotionally um, you know, spiritually, intellectually, sensitively, really, if you will, but of course, you know, at a good, safe pace. So,
0: Well, this is absolutely true. Um, you know, a lot of people, they, because, you know, the Bible tells us is that, you know, I want to, I'm speaking of Matthew chapter 7, where um, the Lord says that, um, you know, people will come to Him and say that I'm not, you know, you, did I not perform uh, prophecy? Did I not perform Ooh. healing? Did I not? And he mm-hmm. says, "Sure, wait, because I never knew you." So, mm-hmm. uh, um, <laughs> you know, that intimacy level with God, and you, you, you were talking about, um, you know, the definitions. Can you uh, speak on that area a little bit, as far as how important it is for us to be? Very, very intimate with God. Well, our best friend, and I know like, that <laughs> yeah. you know, because we're so yeah. We okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, I um, I think sometimes we we forget that God is also has emotions and feelings, you know, and um, it breaks His heart when we try to put this facade on that, like. You know, we go to church, and we put a smile on our face. How you doing, brother? I'm blessed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, or let's even go a different direction. Praise God. You know, I'm going out to outreach for the church. You know, hallelujah. You know, the Lord allowed me to lead three people to the Lord today. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, oh, um, oh. you know, a little, conf- little confession, you know, to share with you. Um, I don't really share it with this many people, but... Um, you know, I, I was ordained as a, a minister and evangelist um, almost five mm-hmm. years ago. And um, and uh, evangelist, that's my gift of gab. I just love people and I love God. And so naturally, I love talking about Jesus to people. And um, I had the honor to lead, I don't know, probably over 500 people to the Lord, you know, my, you know, knowing the Lord these over uh, oh, 22 years. But... But the thing is, is oh. this? I'll be real, Dr. Donner, I actually used to put my identity in that. And I could tell you right now, if the scripture was like rewritten, he could also add, you know, where it says, did I not cast out demons in your name? Did I not heal the sick in your name? Did I not leave many people uh, to you, Lord? Mm-hmm. And he can sit mm-hmm. there and at one point he probably could have looked at me and said, I do not know you. Get away from me. Because see, I got tied up into ministry. I got tied up in seeing souls once in <laughs> the Lord, but. I wasn't mm-hmm. spending time with him. I wasn't being intimate with him. I wasn't loving on him. I wasn't talking with him. By the way, with not just to him, with him. And yes, we can hear his yeah. voice. As John chapter ten says, you know, my sheep hear my voice. And so, and one way we can hear his voice w- without a doubt is read the word of God. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, so um, but that would be my answer. I mean, God has feelings, and and it's kind of like in a again romantic relationship. If we sit there and you know, we all we expect our partner to do is just to um, feed us, um, you know, wash our clothes, um, uh, d- make love to us, and that's it. And never talk to us, Really, never get intimate and share, you know, you know, our hearts with them and, you know, and just, you know, listen to them and, you know, and laugh with them, you know, and cry with them. Is it's that really a relationship? No. 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 It's not a relationship. <laughs> so, but that would be my answer.
0: And so our communication with him, um, based on what you're saying, is that we should be waiting for the reply and and seeking it and wanting it. Um, you know, I'm I'm just loving um what you're talking about right now because um it's it's going so deep in, into areas where we really need to t- pay close attention to and like, you know, we were talking about earlier, some some things that are not really brought out in the church because we even we say guard our heart guard your heart guard your heart mm-hmm. you know but mm-hmm. we we don't go into the depth of what what does that really mean and what why does the, what part of the bible do you refer to when you're talking about guard your heart and or guard most of all you know what would you say because we say guard your heart but we don't get into the depth of it And how do we do it? And why should we do it, according to the Word of God? Absolutely.
1: Well, one of my favorite verses is Proverbs 4, verse 23. And we notice, we hear it quoted, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Another scripture is Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, the heart, oh my goodness, <laughs> the heart is mm-hmm. where the passion is. The heart is where, you know, um, our motivation comes from. I mean, you know, first we understand, you know, the battlefield of the mind, of course, um, you know, and that's where the thoughts come in. And these are either positive or negative thoughts. They're either coming from the Holy Spirit, uh, the angels of the Lord, our own imagination, or the devil or the, and his demons. And so that's where the battlefield is. And so... Right away, our heart is where we, you know, our mind's where we're processing it. And then our mind is where we make a decision. What are we going to actually meditate on in our hearts? How about that? I never even thought of it that way. But because when we let our heart, um, our passion, our our hope, uh, if you will, drive us, and that's what we're going to do. So it starts in the mind, then in the heart, and then, of course, action. And so uh, I, I really love the scripture, because it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you well, do sir. flows from it. So it's, very, yeah, so it's very clear that whatever we do, everything's coming from our heart, our passion. So, for example, we prioritize what's important to us. So, I mean, let's just get real. Um I'm a big sports fan, all right? So, um <laughs> One good advantage of going to a Messianic Jewish congregation when I used to go there for 14 years is we worshiped on the original Sabbath day on Saturday mornings. And so my former rabbi used to say, you know, God had it right in the first place. You know, uh, the Sabbath day is always on Saturday because he was an NFL fan because that way we could watch football on Sunday. And I, I used to laugh at him with that. But the, real, the reality is, is I would prioritize to watch – football, um, you know, um, every Sunday. And then now the Lord pulled me out of the congregation and said, your season's done there. And now I worship on Sunday mornings. And so that's a sacrifice. You know, it sounds funny. People like really TJ a football game. Well, for me, that's like my favorite hobby outside of hiking. And so what is important to us, you know, uh, you know, and that's what I'm saying. The heart is so important to guard because Whatever we, is most important to us, we'll prioritize for. And, um, and then I also want to go back to Philippians 4, 7, if I may, Dr. Donna. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how do we guard our hearts? The answer is simple. Spending time with the Lord, asking him to help us. He will give us the peace that we need, and it will transcend all understanding, um, and our minds will be guarded um, and our heart to be guarded in Christ Jesus. And we have to put that armor of God, uh, the full armor of God, on, as we know in Ephesians chapter 6, it discusses, you know, the helmet of salvation. Praise the Lord.
0: Amen. Absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, I can agree with you better there as far as um, putting on that armor of God and also to uh, knowing we need to know our heart, you know, we if we don't know it, and don't take down understanding on our heart and our mind because Paul said uh, we should examine ourselves and so that we prove ourselves not to be a reprobate. And also, too, he speaks of the whole vessel, um, the, mm. the mind, spirit, body, and soul. And so the mm-hmm. Lord is telling us, to our heart and our mind. So that means we have to take action in it. So um, I'm loving yeah. what, what you're talking about here. You know?
1: One more thing, Doctor Donna. If I could just st- say this real briefly, I just thought of this. You know what really comes? What it really comes down to is who who really has our heart. Who who um, are we? Are like okay? We when we look in the Bible and we read idolatry. Literally, they used to have these little idols. These little you know wood cut you know statues or you know, or metal, you know, cut statues, molded statues. And so they would look at these idols and they would worship them. But idolatry for us as believers can be anything. And so... Really, when we go through a very negative time or if we 're having a bad day or whatever negative emotions say you know your your boss is just getting on your nerves or your 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 um, you know husband's just being a jerk or um, somebody just cut you off while you were driving, whatever it may be, when we have a negative experience right away we want to escape that, and so the question is are we going to go to the secret place of the most high and ask him to help us escape that pain, or are we going to go to what's normal to us or what's easy, which um, can be some of our addictions, whether since we're on my subject, I talk about sex. Well, frankly, that can be an addiction of mine. I have to be careful, you know, pornography or even just sex itself can be an escape and um, or it could be, um, you know, drugs for some people, or it could be even Facebook for some people. Some people will just sit there and be on Facebook for two hours, great. And I know sisters, you may not like me to hear, share that. But hey, I got on the brothers about sex being addiction. So, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You know, the reality is, is that we can use things that become idols. I and mean, we don't even sometimes we don't even realize they are so. Um, so that that's what I, I just want to add that on. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, it's good. It's good. Um, insights. Um, you know, In your book, A Love Letter to the Ladies, again, that's what we're speaking about today. And, um, you know, you talk about these amazing A's. Um, Would -hmm. you care to share with the audience about that?
1: The amazing A's. You know, the amazing A's are a very, very um, interesting thing because I don't know if my intentions writing the book, like I had in my mind, okay, I'm going to go ahead and talk about, you know, these emotions, these emotional needs that we have, and they all start with the letter A, but it just ended up kind of going that way. And so the amazing A is really what what I talk about and you're addressing in Chapter 6 in my book where um, I talk to my, you know, sisters in the Lord about the need of having the... um, We all have emotional needs. And obviously for, uh, I believe, a young lady, it's so imperative... Um, that they have these emotional needs met when they're growing up through their their childhood developmental um, stages by their father as well, not just their mother. And um, so I introduced the Amazing A's, and there are emotional, relational, physical, and and, uh, psychological needs that ultimately come from our our Almighty Father. Um, And the Amazing A's include attachment, affection, acceptance, attention, admiration, appreciation, and affirmation. And by the way, that's not an exhaustive uh, list. I'm sure there's more, definitely more uh, emotional needs that we have. And so, um, and as I was talking about, and if I can just go, I'm going to quote my book a little bit here. Uh, Now, for all human beings, physical life begins when a baby is conceived. When we grow, we are automatically protected by our mother's womb. We are connected or attached by the umbilical cord to our mother. Wherever she goes, we go. Whatever she eats, we eat. Whatever she hears, we hear. Whenever she feels pain, we know it. We are attached. As a full-term baby, we are in a womb for nine months. Now, if there was ever an example of us being attached to someone, there it is. From the beginning of our life process, we are attached to to our mother, and so what I do is I go in to talk about what the definition is according to Merriam-Webster dictionary and what attachment means. I also um, go in and talk about where the first time the word attached uh, is uh, spoken of in the Bible, and um, it's actually uh, you know discussed in Genesis chapter 29, and um, it's it's very interesting. I do want to read this part as well a little bit, if I may. Um, the word attached in English means joined, and in Hebrew, "lava." <laughs> "Lava" means the following when its definition is further translated. One, to join, be joined. Um, uh, to join, be joined, attend. Um, to join oneself to, be joined into. So a lot of joined. Uh, furthermore, the um, I think it's pronounced ges, it's the I don't know how you pronounce that word, Dr. Donna. It's G-E-N-E-N-I-U-S. The lexicon, uh, defines it as to adhere, to be joined closely to anyone. So interestingly enough, this verse refers to when Leah was, or Leah was, um, trying to win the affection or attachment of her husband, Jacob because he loved her younger sister rachel let me give you some background in the story about jacob leah and rachel jacob saw and fell in love with rachel he made an arrangement to work seven years to earn the honor of laban Le- uh, rachel's father in turn for her hand in marriage and after working the seven years laban gave rachel to jacob he was excited to consummate the marriage according to the promise made by laban and that evening it was dark and jacob assumed he was cons- uh, consummating a marriage with rachel when morning came who was lying next to him in bed, Rachel's older sister, Leah, he was fooled. And he ended up working another seven years so he can be with Rachel. Um, and the and the conclusion on the whole matter is this. What I'm saying is Leah actually was comp- competing um, against Rachel the whole time. And she thought that when she had children and gave him children that he would love her more, but it ended up not being the case. And so attachment really shows how important it is because she was searching for his love the whole time. And in reality, and the good news at the end is her last uh, son, if I remember, she named him uh, Praise God, I believe it was. And so she was praising God because she realized that God was the only one that really she needed the full attachment from. And then, of course, I talk about the other A's affection. That's really self-explanatory. We need our earthly father to be able to give us the appropriate affection um, that a lady, especially, you know, a daughter needs because they will look for it in other men as they – you know lack any of these things um you know so acceptance is very important of course we never want to be rejected that's a whole nother book a future book I'll be working on and then of course (laughs) admiration it's so important for a a young girl to be admired and um, and it's so if a lady you know and I know as I'm speaking I'm sure you know sisters and Lord understand and saying amen that all these A's are very important Um, and also appreciation you know husbands if you're listening out there or, or gentlemen who are courting ladies you got to appreciate your ladies, show that appreciation, say thank you, give them a hug, you know, send them a card, you know, give them some flowers and not just on their birthday or anniversary. So, but, um, but no, it's so important that um a young lady receives these amazing aids because if they don't, what I talk about is there is always a gentleman, um, even in the church that's waiting to meet those emotional needs. And frankly, unfortunately, uh, some of those men that have selfish intentions, they're just waiting for you to be emotionally vulnerable and take advantage of that. So they can, you know, get one thing and then leave you, and that's sad,
0: but it's true. So,
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, it's amazing that I'm just sitting here and I'm listening to what you're saying. And based on what you're saying, it's like you have been very observant about the woman's needs and. What um, every actually every human being I I probably you know probably or meet these five a's, um,
1: hey amen, in
0: their life because because you hear a lot of women they talk about the rejection because they're seeking acceptance mm-hmm. not only from mm-hmm. not only from the man and the relationship that. They hope to be in, or that they're already in from a, um, a marriage perspective. But, uh, you know, from anywhere in society, at work, they're looking for acceptance. Um, yes. Yeah. Just generally anywhere in our Christian growth, we're looking for these five A's. I mean, this is a whole nother book yeah. right here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really is. You're right. And you know what? It's actually seven A's, um, Dr. Donna, but I also should point out too, you did say something amazing, which is so true. Look, look at the identity issue right now in in America. I mean, we have people that are talking about like more genders than male and female, like all these different genders. I mean, it, it really is an identity crisis. And A lot of that is because being rejected, you know, if someone's not accepted um, at a young age for who they are and if a father and a mother is not given the attention that um, their children need and the admiration you know admiring them good job you know you did a great job and you know on that paper and that tester good job on on emptying the garbage for me thank you for helping me you know do the dishes i mean uh, you know that's appreciation it's funny because i'm just naturally talking and i'm hearing other a's coming up you know but um and then what very important one i should say is affirmation and affirmation i want to elaborate a little bit more on affirmation is so important because what we're doing is we're affirming someone uh, it's a little bit deeper than accepting it's it's really affirming them and 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 letting them know hey you know i absolutely validate you like i i i absolutely you know uh, appreciate you and you know and i'm i'm actually dedicated to you it's another definition of affirmation and um when we're able to really affirm someone uh, that's definitely being Christ like it's being you know just like jesus so
0: Absolutely. And it's not just by word, it's actually with action. Um yep. that, that that it would occur in. And you know, in those um seven eight, um, tell us a little bit about which one stands out the most to you. Because you know, like I said, you it's like you were very observant when you were writing this book. Um, you were maybe, you, you know, you said you had so many different relationships with women that expressed themselves to you. And then also to mm-hmm. you, yeah, I'm sure you had some situations in your own life that you may have experienced that made you to be able to expound on it. So which one did you not receive or do you feel you are currently lacking? And of- <laughs> <laughs> I got to be
1: careful because, because see, I am in a in a you know a, a really committed romantic relationship right now, and so um, I got to be careful the way I answered it. <laughs> um,
2: but I would say,
1: yeah, um, but no, she's um, she's she's a strong woman in the Lord, and I know she doesn't take offense. But you know what the Lord has really been dealing with me of late, Doctor Donna. It was funny because it started about maybe four or five months ago, maybe a little longer than that, but one of the huge things for me, and I know everybody's heard the book by Dr. Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages, and one of the big love languages that are for me is words of affirmation, and I I know most men, um, you know, will will agree with me that when a woman speaks life over us and speaks confidence and just, you know, just uh, affirms us. And just said, that's, you, you know, honey, you're, you're, you're my everything. You do every. I mean, you just look at you like you just love the Lord. Uh, You know, look at you like you are just really there for me. You know, you're a wonderful father. When we hear things like that, we feel like we're ready, like Superman. Like we feel like we're ready to, you know, just conquer mm-hmm. the world. And so <laughs> for me, uh, words of, of affirmation, um, which kind of tie into admiration are huge. And there's another book, uh, I can't remember the author, but it's called his needs, her needs. And I read this like, oh my goodness, probably a good 20 years ago. And it was a gentleman who, uh, counseled Christian, uh, Christian couples for over 25 years. And he said, one of the top five needs that a man, uh, needs is, um, uh, to be admired by his wife. Um and so uh for me, um, admiration is huge and words of affirmation. But what the Lord's been dealing with me on is this. He's like, Look, even if your partner, even if your your fiance is not quite there yet, um, you know, just know how much I admire you, hallelujah. Just know how much I affirm you. And I'm just like, all right, Lord, you're right, you know. And so he's like, look at the word and get the word, in, you know, more in you. Remember how much I affirm you and how much I admire you. And I'm like, wow, Lord, thank you so much for those encouraging words, you know. So so that would be my answer for me personally. Words of affirmation and being admired is huge. Now, some ladies are like, see, that's the problem with men. You know, you guys are so egotistical. Well, there's a difference. There's a difference from making it feed someone's pride or is it feeding her confidence? And so for me, I I tend to lean that personally it feeds my confidence. I'm not trying to, you know, add on to any pride.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, interestingly enough, uh, we women, and I'm speaking um, on my behalf, and, I'm, you know, I'm also based on the conversations with women. We, we tend to lose our identity. Um, why do you feel like we need to have an identity?
1: Again, I, I kind of approached this subject earlier about look at the culture right now in our nation, and I know it breaks our father's heart. It breaks my heart. Uh, First of all, I want to let anybody know that if you currently are in a a romantic relationship with someone that's the same gender as you, the same sex, Jesus loves you. God loves you. He doesn't look down on you or hate you or look at you worse than someone else that's having, you know, uh, premarital sex with uh, the opposite gender. I just want to say that. Um, Now, sin is sin, you know, and if you look in, I think it's Corinthians as well as in Galatians, it lists within those sins, um, you know, uh, homosexuality and premarital sex and uh, I think um, stealing, and it talks about uh, witchcraft and it says all these mm-hmm. sins. And so I just want to say that, I guess the Lord wanted me to share that, but but I say that because think about it, you know, people, my goodness, right now do not know their identity. And that's a challenge. Even after knowing the Lord for 22 years for myself to, re- to always Go back and remember, what is my identity? And let's just just think about this. Our father sent his only son, his only begotten son, who had never done any wrong to anyone, all right, onto Mm -hmm. the earth. And he did, I mean, man, Yeshua, Jesus was amazing. I mean, he was so unselfish. I mean, and he would just heal everybody that would come to him, you know, that was willing to be healed. He would spend time with people. I mean, he was so, um, selfless with his time. I remember when he went to go to go to mourn, uh, the loss of his cousin, John, when John the Baptist was beheaded, he went to go by himself to mourn and the people found him and he looked at him and he said, and he had compassion on him because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And he went and spent time with them and ministered to them. And so, and, and so if he did that, and then after that, he even exposed the, um, the people who were in power at that time, the religious leaders who were manipulating the people for money and power mm-hmm. um, and fame. And he and he confronted them, and he was standing for the people. And then he knew, willingly, even though he was in the garden, he said, you know, Father, there's a way you can take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. And so he willingly Jesus could have called upon a legion of angels if he wanted and, and wiped everybody out, uh, but he willingly went to not be, not only the cross, but before the cross, he took a beating, and he took whips on his back. I mean, it was a cat mm-hmm. of nine tails. Uh, you know, if people have seen that movie, The Passion, that was a good example of what Yeshua Jesus went through. And then he went on the cross, and after all that, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And and, and think about it. He went through all that and did not anything wrong, and he did it. For you, the person that's listening to on the phone right now. He did it just for you, my sister. He did it just for you, my brother. So if we don't understand our identity and knowing that now, because he died for us and rose again from the dead, and it says in the Word of God that we are made heirs, H-E-I-R-S, heirs um, with Christ Jesus, so we hit, sit in heavenly places with him. And so when we know our position and who we are, we are actually the son. We are actually a son of God. We are a daughter of God. Um, and mm-hmm. so know our identity. And so if we put our identity even in our relationship, our romantic relationships, we're going to, we're going to be disappointed because the truth is, um, we know that our partner isn't perfect. And so, and we should never <laughs> wrap our, um, identity in our relationship with our husband or our wife. Um, also, um, you know, we shouldn't wrap our identity on, on being a mother or father. Um, or even a brother or a sister, because what happens if, unfortunately, we lose that person to premature death? Um, I think I might have mentioned, you know, um, previously that I lost my sister um, to a car accident uh, this July. Will be three years ago, and um, that really had, I had an identity crisis. To be real with you, I was angry with God for, you know, the first month, Um, and and I was seeking the Lord, looking for answers, and so I can't put my identity on even being a, uh, how about this, a minister. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if I put my identity, as I mentioned earlier, about being an evangelist and a minister and going out, seeing people saved, and that's it, then there's going to be trouble, because guess what? Our identity is in our relationship with our Heavenly Father our brother and Amen. savior, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus our Messiah, and our Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit, our comforter and counselor. And that's where identity first and foremost comes
0: from. Amen. Amen. You know, I totally agree with you there because that's our ultimate destined identity, and that's the one we have to cling to. I, I don't think there's any other identity outside of that um, as a born-again believer. Um, however, you know there are some people out there that have experienced trauma, um, certain situations in their life. How can they cling to that identity, uh, even though that they are maybe going through the storms of life? How can they cling cling to that identity of G- of having and that I- ultimate relationship with Jesus Christ?
1: Yeah, and I know I did address this, you know, somewhat in our in this um, conversation that we've had today. And it's um, yeah. it's the same. I know it sounds repetitive, but it's the same thing. We've got to get in the secret place of the Most High and and get away from just everything. Um, shut off the phone, shut off the computer. You know, sh- take time. To, I know I'm I like recreation. Believe me, I like watching sports, going hiking, I even talking with people. But you know what? just shut it all down and spend time with the Lord and, and don't, and we have to do this daily, even if it's just ladies, even brothers, if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, even, okay. Even if you're very busy or single mother or you're just a wife with, you know, and, and three kids, uh, whatever the case may, anytime you can just spend a little time with the Lord and talk with him and hear his voice and be in his word. That's how you keep your identity. I know I kept it simple there, but that's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, and, you know, just like you're saying, you sound like that you were consistent and very persistent to do that, and when you are like that, when it's like a scheduled pace of your daily life, you automatically feel like you're leaving something out when you don't do it. So I I absolutely agree with you, and I think it's very important to remind um, not only ourselves but the body of Christ uh, consistently as well. Um, what does being the daughter of the Most High Father mean? What does that
2: mean? Hallelujah. So, <laughs> daughter of, of the God. Most High Father. You no, know,
0: you know, we talk about it. I mean, it, it, it has become a cliche, you know, the daughters mm-hmm. and the sons of the Most High God. And so mm-hmm. let's go into the depths of it from your, as the Lord has revealed it to you.
1: I just think it's amazing that I don't know about y'all, but I know my own past and I know all the sins that the Lord's forgiven me from and, you know, and uh, even the temptations and the thoughts that come in my mind daily that I have to ask the Lord to help me resist and forgive me for even those, you know, thoughts come into my head. Um, and so the fact that my father is still there, I mean, next month will be 23 years since I've known him and I'm telling you, like, Every time when I start to drift away or get sidetracked or I look to my idols, you know, and I'm, you know, going there instead of going to him to escape my pain, um, tend to stumble. And and so it kind of of locks into everything we were talking about identity um, and just realizing I'm his son and that he wants to spend time with me personally um, throughout the day. And, you know, he wants me to talk with him and walk with him. And also he wants me to fellowship with other believers and to be encouraged. And um, so I think that comes in kind of going back to the amazing days as well as that acceptance um, as well. I mean, the fact that God would send his only son for me and to die for me is just amazing. And to raise again from the dead and to know that, you know, we have this resurrection power that we're going to be raised again from the dead as well. Um, That's just amazing. And so to be the daughter of the most high father that's what it's all about it's knowing that your father loves you so much and you know sisters i know that there's some of you you can't even share some of your testimonies it's so painful and and i know you some of you have gone through things that are worse than i've gone through what i share in my book um a love letter to ladies um but just know that your father loves you he's with you he's you know, carrying you through everything you're you're even currently going through now. And um, he absolutely desires to heal you. And he's a trusting father. Um, And so just knowing that you are the daughter of our Most High Father um, should be something that keeps you motivated every day. And just to know um, that you are beautiful um, in his sight, you know. Uh, whether, you know, like, uh, I have to give a little credit again, Pastor Kelly at mm-hmm. Kingdom of Valley Christian Church says, uh, whether you're a little bigger, whether there's lo- more to love of you, or if you're, you know, every, even very uh, thin, it don't matter what your physical, you know, uh, you know, temple is. What matters is your heart, as we talked about earlier. God sees a heart. So just know that you are loved um, and your Father, you are precious before him. Uh, you are the daughter of the Most High Father.
0: So, that's true. When we are definitely loved by by Abba Father, certainly, and we thank him for that. Um, the Bible tells us that it's not good for men to be alone, you know. And so, therefore, he went forth to create Eve for Adam. Why do you believe that it's not good for men to be alone from a man's perspective?
1: You know, most men um, have a hard time with really getting in touch with themselves emotionally and um, having compassion for others, (laughs) Um, to be frank with you. And the reason I start out that way is because when Adam was in the garden and when he was naming the animals... Um, God said, name the animals and see so who's naming the animals. And I'm sure he saw, you know, each giraffe had a, you know, a partner, you know, a male giraffe, a male giraffe had a female giraffe, a male gorilla had a male, a female gorilla, um, you know, so on and so forth. And, um, obviously I believe he began to be in his heart realizing, well, wait a minute, where's my, where's my half? Where's my other, per- you know, where's my, you know, um, you know, better half, if you will. And, And so the Lord knew his heart, and so as he was doing the work of God, he didn't even have to say, Lord, would you make me, you know, a partner. He just put him to sleep, and he actually performed the first surgery, if you will, and he took a a rib out of the side of um, Hallelujah Adam, and, you know, obviously when he woke up, wow, he saw his better half. And so, um, God never really intended us to be alone. And obviously because it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they've always been and forever will be. And so for a man to live his life alone, it's not God's will. Now, let me clarify here. I'm not saying that a man or woman can't be single and do the work of God and live a happy, single, fulfilled life. Uh, you don't have to be married. We understand it. In First Corinthians chapter 7, Paul talks about that. Well, what I'm saying is God has made us to be uh people of communication. He's made us a people to be a, a people of community. And so um, I believe that, you know, that's why the church is there. That's why the body of, of Christ, the Messiah, is there. But to have someone that is, you know, the, the opposite gender of you as your partner and, you know, if you're um, a lady, of course, uh, that being your husband, and if you're a man, of course that being your wife, it's amazing because for a man, I would say, from my experience, um, you know, just seeing my fiance um, and the way she carries herself as a woman, it makes me, you know, just wonder more and more, you know, about the amazingness of a woman. <laughs> um, and I, I don't, for example, you know, and this is my my testimony, and you know what, some may not even want to interview me anymore by sharing this, but. My fiancé and I, you know, we um, unfortunately, I told you I went 18 years, um, you know, with, uh, with sexual purity. Well, unfortunately, even after writing this book and, and falling, even as a minister, um, we actually have a son. We have a four-and-a-half-month-old son, and, um, oh. and it's my first. And, um, and she, um, just the way she carries herself as a mother and how patient she is, I'm learning a lot, ladies. So I just want to say I'm very grateful that the Lord has actually um, taken a rib from Adam and made Eve because I would not be wa- wanting to walk around with all these, you know, guys around. I mean, we would probably never get anything accomplished, but, like, maybe destroy things after a while. <laughs> you you, ladies are creators, you know I mean? God, you know, made you to have the baby, you know, Uh, be born and and develop within you and you ladies are very compassionate and you um, show an emotional part of us that we need and so I believe that it was always God's um, intentions to pull out of Adam what he couldn't see and so we're able to see that in ladies so that would be my answer
0: okay you know you you brought up something and it's a real life story you're telling us uh, the truth and we know that a lot of people out there feel like that they have fallen uh, from the grace of God um, because of a situation just like what you're talking about. But let's let's uh, look at it from a biblical perspective of what does the Lord define um, in that relationship as far as marriage is concerned. How, how, in your eyes, does the Lord define it?
1: And you're saying define marriage?
0: Yeah. yeah. How does the Lord define it? I mean, obviously, it's not a piece of paper.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so true. Well, marriage is a covenant, and covenant is a really profound word. Um, it is more than a contract. Um, it's it's really a blood covenant. Um with being appropriate here, and um, see if I can word this correctly, Lord help me when a virgin first um, has a sexual interaction with a man, um, she has a hymen, and of course, when that hymen's broken, uh, blood is shed, and it, there there is a covenant that takes place uh, in a marriage, and so Um, Marriage is a very, very powerful thing Um, I mean, we understand that I think it's in uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 5 Where it talks about uh, the husband and wife um, submitting to one another And I believe I don't know if it's in that source of scripture But it talks about Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church Wow I'm telling you right now Uh, I believe we're losing
0: you again here
1: Oh, I'm still here Are you able to hear me? Hello? I'm still, I'm still uh, here. Are you able to hear me now? You? Okay. Are you able to hear me now?
0: Yes, I can hear you I'm now.
1: I'm still. Okay, we lost each other. I don't know. I think, did you hear the last thing was Ephesians chapter 5?
0: Um, I, We did not hear what you said in reference to it.
1: Okay. So what I was talking about is marriage is a covenant relationship, and in Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about uh husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. And mm-hmm. it's a very serious, serious thing. Marriage is really the foundation um of the church. Um I mean of course we understand that you Jesus, you know. Yes, I'm Hello. still here. Are you able to hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you now.
1: Okay. We're just having bad connection problems. Okay. Hopefully we'll stay the way it is. But it's interesting that the connection problems are happening now. But I did want to mention that, again, Ephesians chapter 5 is so important because it talks about how, you know, the marriage relationship and the husbands are supposed to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And um, it's one of the foundational things for the church. I mean, think about it. What came out of the garden one of the main things that came out of the garden was marriage and so husband and wife um marriage is really when you go into it you're making an agreement with god um it's funny you said it doesn't you know really have anything to do with the paper well it's true it really has to do with the covenant you make with god between um you know husband and wife and so um and that's why you know you know, you know God doesn't you know he doesn't like divorce, and those who have been divorced, he does forgive divorce as well. But my point is is it's a very serious thing. and so when a, as a single person going into a relationship, we can tend to be like uh, selfish at times uh, because we don't understand that when you go into marriage, you're there to minister to the other person. And so as uh, someone that's engaged um that is going into you know be married, I need to put my wife's needs first. And, um, that's the opposite of being single because <laughs> usually, single. It's, we're free to be able to do what we want to do overall, of course, without sinning, um, and we have freedom with our time. But when you're going into a marriage, that means you're committing yourself to that other person. And so, um, that would be my definition and explanation of marriage. It's going in, understanding that you're putting that person first and you're there to minister to them and to the Lord.
0: And so, therefore, by what you're saying, uh, do you feel like you're committed and that you uh, have formed a union and that you have bonded uh, according to the will of God and you feel like God is a part of the center of the relationship?
1: Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. Bless the Lord. So my question to you is, um, well, you know, my final question to you is is that there's so many people in there that may be listening to this now online, or they may be out there um you know later on and be will listen to it because it will be in the archive and One of the things that not just regarding um marriage or sex, a lot of people struggle in this area and and there's many struggles now in the world. So what can someone do in order to uh, continue the pace and remain constant in it uh vigilant and um you know without feeling you know or becoming weary tired down uh losing the strength and the essence that God has put put in us to endure
1: Amen. Well, I did address of course the basic things um of being in the presence of God and worshiping him and spending time with him and being in his word. But I want to actually mention a couple other things that are so important. I really believe that fellowship with other believers is so important. Part of my most recent testimony is after I, I left my, my, uh, the Messianic congregation of 14 years, I actually probably only went to church maybe three to four times in the span of a year. I, I was doing a lot of online, you know, watching. And praise God for online, that's beautiful. You know, it's good for those who are like homebound. But I didn't have the excuse of being homebound. I was just being partly lazy, and frankly, partly I was hurt, and I had to get through my healing. And so fellowship with other believers is so important. I'll tell you, okay, more recent testimony. Um, January the 2nd, uh, I can't believe I'm saying, I'm gonna put this on on blast, but January, the, the second week of January, excuse me. I was being tempted with suicide and a lot of it is because I was just dealing with feeling unworthy to be a father, um, just being real with you. And, um, and it was just something that I had to, you know, go through in the process and I'll tell you what helped me through it was the church, you know, being part of a wonderful, uh, you know, community, um, a body. Uh, Kingdom of Valley Christian Church um, has been such a blessing to me, Um, and the believers there are genuine, and they're so transparent. I mean, people are so real there and open, and I think that's what we're missing in the church. You know, I think that we'd be able to reach the lost more if we were a little bit more open about how this is why we need Jesus, not to justify that we're trying to live a lifestyle to stay, you know, in a sinful lifestyle, but that we still fall. You know, we still make poor choices. You know, yeah. you know, you know, and so I would say that that would be in addition to you know, and I would say this to my brothers and sisters even now: please get find yourself a, a you know a home church, you know, a good real you know church. People that are genuine and that would love you and encourage you, and, and you know, to be in the Word of God and to spend time with the Lord. And that would that would definitely be uh, my solution, you know, for going through uh, some you know difficult, challenging times.
0: So. Mhm, mhm. uh, you know, I'm so glad that you brought that up about being real because a lot of times that's where the body of Christ suffers because it's like someone is sitting right next to you, and they can't share their situation, they can't talk to the other person because. If they do, they feel like that they're going to get shunned or they're going to get hurt or the person is going to respond back to them in such a way that doesn't allow them to be who they are. So then they result to being someone else with a lost identity because can we truly have an identity in Christ Jesus if we're not for real and say that this is where we are, this is who we are, you know, and we Mm -hmm. do, if we're not a in the church, you know, or in a fellowship, we should have some type of support system that we can feel comfortable in and communicate with each other and be able to um, not not, uh, bond in a way where, um, you know, we go into the level of marriage, but bonding as uh, genuine uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, with a born again mm. nature, where we're striving toward being the perfection of Jesus Christ. None of us are going to be Absolutely. perfect, but we should be striving for it. And what what did uh, Jesus Christ give us in First um, John chapter one and um, verse seven through ten? We have an option of repenting when we, when we when the Holy Spirit lets us know that we have sinned, and that that's the uh, our avenue out, and we saw that when David, King David, did that, God saw him as a man of his own heart, and that's where we Um, all need to be instead of justifying ourselves and saying, no, no, I'm perfect, I'm perfect. No, we're we're not perfect, but we're striving toward that perfection because we want that intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior that he can say, yes, this is my child, this is my son, this is my daughter, this is my son. And that's where we want to be because we all want to have entry into the kingdom of heaven. We do have a caller that is on the line with us, and I want to open up the line. Um, if it's okay with you, I would like to open up the line for them to ask any questions, share any insights or anything that um, they would like to um share at this time. The lines are open. Uh, please feel free to, to share your name or you can remain anonymous if you like to. Um, the
2: lines are open. Hi, my name's Betty Shelby, and I'm the pastor of Amos Temple uh, CME Church. But I would like to add to your part when you said um, about uh, marriage, Well, we have to understand also that in marriage that uh, we can be joined, like uh, ourselves, we can join ourselves to just because she's pretty or he's handsome, he's got a car, he's got a job, he's got these things which causes us to make wrong decisions. And I love your part of your relationship with uh, you and your fiancé. And what you expressed on that, that is being truthful because you waited and waited for your mate. God had already sent you a mate, but he has to, there is a developmental time between two. I believe that when the Lord says, whom he joins together, let no man put us asunder. That means that when he does it, when we allow God, our Heavenly Father, to join us with the mate, there is no divorce. There is no uh, no, there's going to be differences But he says uh, Be angry and sin not And don't let the sun go down on your wrath." That means that we have to Work out our differences And if we can't work them out We go before the Lord and pray about them Then we come back together So I think what you have there in the A's, I love them I love your, uh, I haven't got your book Or anything, but I love what you're saying It is a true statement And if our Father our earthly father loved us, the daughters, as much uh, we understand that our heavenly father. And the reason I say that, when my father died, I'm just going to say this one for When my father died, I was wanting to go with him. And I didn't care what happened. I wanted to go with him. I said, because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to save you. But when my heavenly father spoke to me, he said, but I am greater than your earthly father. I can do more for you. I had to come to an acceptance that my father, my heavenly father, knew that there was going to come a time when I'd have to uh, persevere and move forward. He didn't want me to die. He just wanted me to move forward. And the reason I also say that is because Joseph was with Jesus the whole time until there came a point where Joseph passed away and Jesus had to go forth. Headship has to die order for the next headship to take over. So I just want to say you're doing a wonderful job. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Appreciate that very much. And I may may I ask you, Dr. Donna, uh, I didn't have an opportunity to share my website with the listeners who may be interested in purchasing my book. Am I allowed to do that?
2: Yes,
0: I was getting ready to say please share where they can find your book. And even if someone uh, may want to, they may want to talk to you about discipleship or coaching or something because there may be a lot of people out there that um, have experienced what you're going through and they need a support system uh, to communicate. So please share where they can get in touch with you and also where that they can uh, find your book at.
1: Okay. Um they can do that on my website uh for my book as well as getting in touch with me and my website um is just like if I'm telling you a secret it's tellofhisjoy.com. So it's T is in Tom, E is in Eternity, L L O F is in Forever, H I S is in Savior, J O Y. So it's tellofhisjoy.com. And if you go to my website, you can actually read, I believe there's like six or seven uh, reviews, testimonials of the book and how it's um, touched the lives of sisters in the Lord of all different ages. Um, And also you can read the introduction um, for free of my book. And um, you can also uh, email me um, at my website um, and contact me if you have any prayer requests. Um, You know, if you just want, you know, to ask me any questions, please do so. And then once someone emails me, I'd be more comfortable sharing my personal phone number. I just, you know, try to be try to keep the right boundaries, of course. So, And I appreciate you allowing oh, me sure. to uh, be on the show. It's been an honor.
0: Yeah, well, it's been a, a wonderful interview, and I've really enjoyed it. And as you've heard, our um, listener has uh, enjoyed it as well. And we hope to uh, possibly have you come back again, because I'm sure that you're going to have some more books spinning off of uh, – <laughs> This um, one book that you have, and um, it's it's been wonderful. You know, um, would you like to pray for the audience, for those that are out there that may be experiencing uh, challenges in their life, not just only with um, sexual um, situations, purity, but other areas of their life. They may have experienced trauma. Uh, They may have experienced of the things that you spoke about earlier okay
1: yes okay sure hallelujah well abba father we think we can call you abba daddy hallelujah and that means that we're adopted you said you adopt us as your sons and daughters and so we're so grateful and um you're just incredible lord and so we thank you that you are also the wonderful counselor you're the one that comforts lord and so i just pray For each listener now, Lord, um, those who are listening now and those who will listen later, um, that are going through some very difficult times, whether it's, um, a loss of a loved one, Lord, um, whether they lost their child, maybe, um, you know, um, you know, whether they lost a loved one, um, you know, a romantic relationship maybe ended, um, whether they just lost their job, Lord, um, whether someone's going through some very physical, um, you know, uh, pain, Uh, We just thank you that you are our, you are the I am that I am. And so that means you always, Lord, are there for us no matter what our needs are. And and so right now I just lift them up, Lord, into you. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one that heals. You're the one that mends. You're the one that delivers, Lord. Uh, I just pray peace, Lord. I pray peace upon each and every listener's uh, hearts and minds. Uh, The peace, Lord, that only you can give because you are the prince of peace and it. And the peace that um, goes beyond all understanding, Lord of comprehension, and we thank you that your love would surround them even right now, that your angels would minister unto them, Lord, that you would heal their hearts, Lord Father, those who have been traumatized, Lord, um not only you know sexually, not only with domestic violence, Lord, but losing loved ones, Lord, um just again um you know uh losses, Lord, financial losses, Lord. Um, it just, they would have uh, joy, Lord, that you would give them the joy that they need, Lord, because the joy of the Lord is their strength, as me and I, Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says. And so we thank you so much, Father, that they would begin to even now feel encouraged, Lord, and know that they're not alone, that there's other brothers and sisters in the Lord that even may uh, have been tempted with suicide like I was, Lord, just three months ago. I thank you so much, Father, that you are the one that gives us life. And our identity is wrapped in you and you alone. And every time when the enemy comes or even our own mind comes and make us feel worthless, Lord, that we remember that no way are we worthless. You died on a cross for us, your own precious son. And we thank you so much, Yeshua Jesus, for doing that for us and raising again from the dead. And we would not forget our identity as in uh, who you are and who you say we are and whose we are. And so we thank you so much, Father, for that. We love you, Lord. And, in fact, we not only give you a great big hug, but we give you a great high-five, Father, for the victory. We pray this in the name of all names, the Shem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you for Hallelujah. praying. and <laughs> God, Thank you for praying. And, again, you're welcome back anytime. And uh, it was a very awesome interview. I enjoyed it. And I know that a lot of people are going to be blessed from it. So um, we want to shout out to the ladies and say listen in and um, listen to it over and over again because there's so much in it for you to gain out of it and for the brothers also too. Um, The ladies do need you in this hour, so we hope that you will be the man that you're called to be in Jesus' mighty name. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening in and God bless you all. May his grace empower you, and equip you for the days to come. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you all. Thanks again, Estana. Estana Slau.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Yes, you said <laughs> it right,
0: Estana Slau. <laughs> Hurtado. <laughs> Thank you, and Astana God bless
1: Flau, you Estana Hurtado. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, and God bless you guys. All right, bye-bye.